Hi, everyone. Well, 2021 has been such a wild year, hasn't it? And, and of course, with many of us in Hamilton, uh, we were in lockdown for 65 days out of 91 going through to the middle of November. Now, that's nowhere near what our brothers and sisters in Auckland uh, have endured uh, much longer. Um, but it's nonetheless significant. And, and I don't know about you, but I remember when we were in level three, and I remember calling Pastor Gary Coffin uh, in Tokoroa. They were in level two. And he was telling me that they were in fourth, into the fourth game of their uh, touch rugby competition and how he jumped on the motorcycle to, to go through to Rotorua to see the latest James Bond film. And he was just about to head out to dinner. It was a, it was a whole different world. And I remember at the time thinking that, gee, for my family at that time, heading to Hamilton Lake was, was, was about the furthest that we'd been. And I noticed also, you know, you notice things during lockdown, don't you? And, and you would have too. I noticed as the lockdown wore on that people started to get more jaded, a bit more weary, uh, a little bit more insular and self-focused. Uh, I noticed cars pulling out where, where probably they wouldn't have in the past. Um, people less likely to engage or smile when I was out in public. And a phrase that I heard a lot during that time was that people were over it. They were over it. Um, and we understand why, don't we? I mean, it was a, it's been a difficult and pressured time for so many of us. Uh, and there was so much noise going on around the nation, you know, made louder through, through, the, through, the, through media and social media. And there were so many opinions so loudly asserted. And the rightness of those opinions wasn't up for question. You know, there wasn't a lot of discussion going on. And, and I also remember a lot of different strands of corridor uh, going around. You know, there was talk of freedom and rights and liberty, community and responsibility, um, people arguing that the government should have done this, they should have done that, they should do this, and, and all of that sort of thing. And in such a time of, of uh, uncertainty, of such vehement disagreement, it's easy, even natural, uh, to be frustrated isn't it? To, to get anxious, to be fearful. And I recall for myself, you know, as I endeavoured to, to shepherd people through that time, but not only that, for myself to, to try and keep focused and purposed with all the, the voices that were clamouring around to be heard, adding to the confusion that was sort of swirling around. You know, I often wondered, you know, when it's so easy to get caught up and to go with the cultural flow of anger and rage of uncertainty and anxiety. How do I honor the Lord? How do I how do I find his will? How do I keep to the righteous path, the narrow way in this this unprecedented time in our history? And and through those months I I really appreciated the apostle Paul's words to the Colossian believers. Um I found them incredibly helpful. They were a an anchor point for me, a, a touchstone in the midst of it all. And in particular, I camped out uh, in the challenge and the certainty uh, that I found in, in, in chapter 3 of Colossians. And what I'd like to do today is reflect on these words together as brothers and sisters in Christ, to just reflect on this idea of, you know, uh, how do I honour the Lord in these sorts of times? And so, uh, if you would, let's start in Colossians 3, and we're going to read from verse 1, from the beginning of the chapter. So I'm reading from the New Living Translations, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Or you might know some other translations say, on the things above. 
where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And so Paul, Paul's paul been, been talking up to this stage, and he talks about how Christ has died for us. This is the gospel. Christ has died for us, and he was raised to life. And with Christ, we also share in this new resurrection life. We've, we've been called to a new way of life. And since we've been raised with Jesus uh, into new life, into a different life, into a heavenly life, we focus on the things above, uh, on who Christ is and, and who we are in light of him. And then as we focus on those things, that impacts how we act in the world today, in this realm. So we live in this world, yes. You often hear Pastor Sharon talk about being in the world, but not of it. So we live in this world, yes. But having said that, the apostle is not calling for us to be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly use. That's not what he's talking about. Uh, rather, what he's saying is don't focus on, when he says don't focus on the earthly things, it's not so much just talking about creation, but more the, the sinful things of this fallen world that can take our eyes off Jesus. See, if I take my eyes off, see, if I look up to Jesus, if I take my eyes off Jesus and I look at the circumstances around me and I focus on those things, then I can start to get anxious. If I focus too intently over here, I can start to get angry. If I focus too intently over here, I can start to uh, get nervous. Um, to maybe use another image, if I focus on the looming waves around me, the terrible darkness or the, the, the deafening thunder, then I begin to fall under uh, fear's power. So instead of focusing on the circumstances and the things around me and the fallen things of this world that can drag away my intention and drag me down, I should lift my eyes to Jesus. Who I truly am, who I truly will be, flows from there, not here. The message puts these verses this way. Uh, Eugene Peterson's translation says, Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. So don't look around and freak out in terms of what's going on around you, getting enticed by the allure of the shiny things of this fallen world or, or drawn into the anger and the malice that builds up around you. Rather, we're called to lift our eyes and to see things from his perspective. See, if I focus on, on the darkness, the circumstances around me, then my head talk shifts. Oh, it's impossible. It's a waste of time. I can't do it. I'm useless. You know, that sort of talk. But if I raise my eyes and I look to Jesus, I get a different perspective. You know, oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things are possible. I'm, I'm created in the image of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Perspective changes. Uh, comfort can be received. Peace flows. Power flows. Love flows. Those things become possible. So to seek the things above is to daily hold fast to Christ at the cent as, as the center um, and the source of all of our joys to look to him, to praise him, to rise above the toxic smog of this world's perspective and to see things from his perspective, to live in this resurrection life, this new life that we've been raised to, walking in his power, loving with his love. But in order to do that, I have to lift my eyes. It, it's, a, it's a whole new default that we need to, to practice. Let's read, let's read on here. So we've got to lift our eyes to see the things above. 
But let's read on from verse 5. Let's read on from verse 5, and we're going to read down to verse 9. So, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lusts, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Okay, so if we have a look at these these verses here that we've we've just read, when we don't set our hearts or our eyes on, on things above, on Christ, and we focus on this fallen world, then our fallen, earthly, sinful nature dominates. And so if you read through this passage, see verse 5, Paul says, put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. He's talking about the sinful, fallen, broken things, as opposed to the things of heaven when we raise our eyes to Jesus. Our greed is worshipping the things of this world. Verse 7, this lust, this sin, uh, Rules that ruled our lives when, quote, your life was still part of this world. So Paul's trying to get us out of the muck and mire of this world to get our eyes and our, our hearts focused on Jesus. And to this end, Paul lists uh, two areas of behaviors that are typical uh, of the culture of the fallen world that are now to be abandoned. Now, they're to do with sex on one hand and speech on the other. Two key areas in human life that both involve massive potential uh, for good or for evil, for blessing or for harm. Now, with regards to sex, as we've read, Paul speaks of immorality, uh, lusts and impurity. These aren't part of the new risen life of the believer. They're part of the old life. So what does he say? Put them to death. Or, Or let's use more stark language. Kill them. Kill them. Uh, Let them drown in the waters of baptism. Nail them to the cross and let them die. But today, rather than than that particular area, what I'd like to focus on is the second area that Paul spoke about, and that's speech. And in particular, speech that's angry, uh, filled with rage, malicious, nasty. Um, During lockdown, I, I recall one New Zealand Herald columnist wrote at the beginning of October 2021 that with lockdown dragging on, Auckland feels like an angry city. And I noticed that that sort of ratcheting up of the tension here in, in Hamilton too. You know, I saw friends who were sick of the phrase, be kind. They were over it, you know. Imagine that. I'm sick of kindness. I've had enough of it. Uh, another senior journalist at the time uh, noted that the range of voices on what the government should do in, in light of the pandemic, he was reflecting on that, And he went on to say, a great plurality of voices should be a good thing. And I agree. But he says, so much of the commentary uh, in mainstream media and social media alike was pitched in just one register. Anger. Anger. Um, Check out this slide that I've got here as we continue to speak. And it's taken from a number of headlines during that second lockdown that we had in Hamilton, just from a month period uh, from the New Zealand Herald. And you'll see the number of times that the word rage appears. There was uh, uh, there was road rage, uh, retail rage, where people were losing it. 
with with retail stuff, pool rage, people losing it with with lifeguards, uh, air rage, people losing it on planes, uh, even rage quitting, people uh, people getting upset with with their jobs and just quitting in a rage. This word rage coming out so much, an age of rage. Uh, it would seem, if, if, if I'm looking at those headlines, a time where anger and frustration is on the rise and you can just feel it slowly being turned up, just like just like the heat in a room, just slowly, slowly ratcheting up. And what I found really sad during that time too was the sight of Christian brothers and sisters uh, engaging in that sort of kōrero on social media and, and elsewhere, just tearing into others. You know, as followers of Christ, we're to have nothing to do with this sort of behavior. We've risen to a new life, a new way of living. That 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 sort of angry language, that belongs to the old way of life, the old culture. But we're called to a new way. And so Paul then uses uh, the metaphor of dress to make his point. And so this is really interesting. If we look at verse 9, notice what he says. He says, don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as, as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Take a look at these pictures that, that I'm just going to share uh, with you now. They're pictures of me and my boys after rugby. And not just after any rugby game, but generally after a, a pretty muddy game. As you know, those of you who have been had family members who are engaged in the game, you know, it can be pretty hard when it comes time for washing. You see a picture there of my youngest, Tobias, standing outside, filthy. And uh, there's no way that he's coming in the house in those filthy gears. Uh, the middle picture there, you'll see my son, Josiah, started off, the rain's pouring down, the whole field turns to a quagmire. And then suddenly the sun comes out, so it's baked on, and he's just covered in, in, in mud from head to toe. And you can imagine there's no way he's getting in my car dressed like that. And there I am for good measure too, just filthy from head to toe. Here's the thing. So dressed like that, that's fine for the context of a muddy rugby game. But there's no way you can dress like that when you get in the car or go home. You have to strip off that filthy gear and put on new clean clothes. Why? Because that muddy, filthy rugby gear is not appropriate for the new context of home. So sticking with that clothing metaphor, such angry language and behavior, it's not a good look. You know, actually it's it's an ugly look, isn't it? And it's a particularly ugly look for the follower of Christ. Social media hasn't been helpful in this. You know, what was meant to establish connection has been used in, in many destructive ways to exacerbate division. And I, I love I like social media but it's provided a platform for people's rage and uh, left unchecked without those normal uh, you know, checks and balances that come where we have to be polite with one another, kanohi ki te kanohi, face to face. Um, the message, Colossians 3, 9 to 10, puts it this way. Um, you're done with that old way of life. You're done with that old life. It's like a, a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. You put in the fire, you're not to put them on again. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. I really love the way Eugene Peterson captures the idea there. 
In verse 11 uh, of Colossians 3, as we read on, we see that the things uh, that the world views as dividing us are no longer an issue. So verse 11 says, In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, ethnic, circumcised or uncircumcised, which is physical, religious, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. See, it doesn't matter anymore. And who knows today that there are different categories dividing us that we put into us and them. But you know, whānau, I have brothers and sisters across the vast spectrum of every thought that's going on in our current situation today in New Zealand. And those differences should not divide us. Why? Well, because what really matters? Well, if we read to the end of verse 11 of Colossians 3, what we read is this, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. I'll say it again. What matters? Christ. Christ is all that matters. See, if I lift my eyes and I focus on Christ, then the things of this world that create us and them, they they should fall away. Because you're my brother, you're my sister in Christ, I'm your brother, and, and, and Jesus is all that matters. It's lovely. I love the way that the apostle puts it. Uh, because of our loyalty to him, we're committed to one another. Because of our love for him, we love one another. That which divides the world shouldn't divide the children of God. So moving forward, we have to work out what this looks like. And if we focus on Christ and not on our my own party agenda, my own partisan opinion, my own personal preference, then we can bring glory to him. We can please him. We can, we can show the world that we are his disciples, not by our political insults, not by our stink memes, uh, not by our name calling and not by our divisive nature, but rather we can show the world that we are disciples by our love. Here's an opportunity for us as God's people to show ourselves Christ's followers by his, his love and by our love. Here's an opportunity for us to, to, to really uh, shine as Pastor Sheridan has, has challenged us at this time, to shine, to be a light, to be salt. Uh, you know, let's not blow it. Let's not blow it. You know, let's lift our eyes and focus on Jesus. Get some divine perspective in this in this time. Strip off the ugly and the worldly because that's not part of who we are anymore. Christ is all that matters. And then we let our words and actions flow from that truth as we focus on him.